Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com, the very best place on the entire internet for fantasy basketball tools and analysis. Go to that website right now, hashtag basketball.com. And by Thrive Fantasy, where if you use that promo code WTB, you will get $20 free with your first deposit of 20 or more. That is Thrive Fantasy. It's like daily fantasy mixed with prop betting. But best of all, use that promo code WTB and you get $20 free to lose to me with. This is probably how, how I'll go for you guys. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Cashman. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? I love how you just assume that they're all going to lose the money to you. Like, you must be in every single game playing yeah. every single day. I am. I'm in, um, I'm in, that was part of the deal with Thrive Fantasy, is that I would be entered into every single group, um, especially if they use the promo code WTB, and that, um, and, and, and there's no funny business happening behind the scenes. I just, I know I'm going to, I'm just going to, I know I'm going to beat the listeners. I just know I'm going to die. So I think that's it. You just assume everyone who listens to this podcast is not as smart as you. But I, I, not just the people who listen to this podcast, the people who don't listen to this podcast too. Oh, all right. All right. You know, I always find that like prop betting is more difficult than it should be because I feel like the, the NBA is such a, a fickle, fickle thing and like anytime that the the vegas people know that a player is like has a good matchup then they bump the the oh he's got to score this points up by like five eight points i feel like it's always like just it's every line always makes me like double take like oh man should i really take the over on that yeah, it's you really got to play like the matchups. You got to know the rosters. If you can get a little bit ahead of, um, you know, if you can get a little bit ahead of any like weird news that can help, that usually I helps feel like prop maybe, I feel like maybe that's this season in particular has helped people like clean up in, in betting because you, you know, you've seen it all the time. Like guys go out in those health and safety protocols like minutes before tip off. So, like, if you can get the bet in. And just hope. I feel like maybe some guys have made a lot of money this year just on that. Yeah, and the back-to-backs. Um, just you know, being you know, being able to either know or predict uh, if Kevin Durant is sitting out of back-to-back when a team is coming, you know, resting, but the other team's coming off back-to-back. That's been helping a lot for me as well. But I tell you, the prop the prop betting is hard. I start out the year strong, I and mean, I usually this is how it usually goes. You start out the year strong because you're a little bit ahead of the market because the lines are never set where. Um, where these players are going to like how they're going to perform they're set so they can get money on both sides of the line. And so at the beginning of the season, the, the line, the, the market has not adjusted to the reality of the season, but like, you know, people like us, we're like looking at these uh, teams and these players and their rotations and their matchups well before the season starts. And then, you know, I'll, my first month I do pretty well, especially in prop betting. And then the second month, as I've noticed, uh, it's it's always like off by one. It's like oh, Steph Curry had four threes instead of five threes. Like damn it. Right, like, that's what I mean. And I always think that they like like every time I'm like oh, this seems like a real juicy matchup. He's gonna go off. Then the, then they'll up the thing where it's like oh, he's got to hit six threes tonight or seven threes and instead of like I feel like they're always just like one one step ahead of everyone. Oh yeah, I mean the bookmakers are 
there's a reason the casinos don't lose money, Tyler. They're, the, the, the bookmakers are on. They're on all the time. Yeah, I feel like that would be a very difficult job. Yeah, um, I, it'd be a fun job, I think. I guess unless you cost your, uh, well, it's your, not your casino. I guess if you cost a casino like hundreds of millions of dollars, might be out of a job pretty quickly. No, no, come on. Yeah, that's why I don't play with those. You know how they always have those bonus bets and they're like, oh, we're upping the odds on this one. There's a reason they're upping the odds on those bets. <laughs> they don't yeah. think those bets are going to hit. Of course. So it's always good. It's actually good. You can't find the opposite, you know. I did win a I did win a bet though, uh, where I thought Bradley Beal would score more points than the Ohio State Buckeyes in the national championship. That one I cashed in. Bradley Beal was gonna score more than the in the national championship. Who was putting that line out? Uh that was I think I think it was on like uh sports uh points, points bets, bet points, point bets. I don't know. There's like hundred of them, and I'm on, I'm on eighty percent of the those sites. I got a gambling problem, Tyler. It sounds like it. Speaking of gambling problems, our listeners are probably gambling about making the playoffs in fantasy basketball. That was a bad transition, Tyler. But if you're going to make the playoffs, like we're already in week seven, there are, are only what three four five more weeks until the break and then it's a crapshoot i don't i don't know what's going to happen after that and i thought this was a very interesting question that uh, uh i think we uh, someone sent or maybe we talked about at some point um maybe not maybe it's one of one of the listeners uh would you start targeting teams like the wizards like the Memphis Grizzlies, who have missed a bunch of games in just the hopes of them making those games up in the second half of the season. I always think that's dangerous, right? Like, because number one, we don't know that they're going to make it up. Number two, you know what I mean? Like, we we have no idea that they're going to make it up, number one. Number two, if they make it up, are some of those players going to sit because now they're playing, you know, five back-to-backs in a 12-15 game stretch? You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like there's not really any getting ahead there for the, the main options. On those particular two teams, you might be right. Like, Westbrook's out uh, with, the, with the Wizards' Beals cleaning up. No one's probably going to give you Beal for really anything at that point. Um, I think if you're desperate, it's worth a shot, maybe. Um, if you think, you know, your That's team too, is going to sneak into the playoffs, maybe, or if you need to make the playoffs, maybe you just you just go for it. Well, here's the other thing. Is that going to drive up the, the, the price? Like, you know, say I want Beal. Maybe. Is, you know, if we're valuing Beal as a top 20 player, is this guy going to say, well, he's playing more games now, so now I need a top 10 player. Well, at that point, then it's definitely not worth it. Oh yeah, if you've got to over, don't don't overpay. Not not for those plays. So I'm not overpaying for the games that I think they might play. Like I'm going to pay for them, uh, hopefully well, around they, or a little less than what they're currently worth, and then say, man, maybe they'll make up some games in in the second half of the season. I'll get some extra games during those weeks leading up to the playoffs, sneaking in the playoffs, and during the playoffs. So that that's like, 
I'd say it's worth a shot if you are not like easily in your top two, top three of your head-to-head league. Well, and they they helped you by already rescheduling some of the games, right? By basically saying we are going to try to play all these games. Yeah. Um, now, will they actually do it? And mm. here becomes the biggest issue, right? It's not the ones that they've already postponed because there's a little bit of time to get those in. It's the ones when we get to the second half of the season and they have to postpone that are probably going to be gone. Exactly. Like and if you... they're the same teams. So this is really where your, your strategy could blow up right in your face is let's say, you know, whatever team, Washington, right? They're down how many games already? About five, six? Yeah, I think so. So let's say, okay, they scheduled, I think, two to make up in this first half. So they're down, let's say, four games going into the second half. Then they have another issue where they have to postpone another five or six games. There's going to be no possible way the math works out to make those games up. So now you could be down instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to get these four extra games. You might be like eight, ten games behind. Yeah. I mean, it could blow up in your face. Like I said, I think it is risky, but I think if you don't, I think if you're not going to make the playoffs or you're like going to barely make the playoffs and you're not going to compete in the playoffs, give it a shot. This That's that's what it's a risk reward kind of thing. Right. This year, more than anything, I I think we can't count on any player being a hundred percent out there on any given game. And so I think what you want to do is you want to make trades for talent and to fix your roster and hope that it works because I, I mean, there's going to be X number of teams that basically get busted out in the playoffs. Like you could be looking at a team in your league going, Oh dude, there's no way this person isn't going to win the league, especially in head to head. And then if they're the guy with the COVID issues in the playoff week, they're going to lose. Yeah. That's a like, very good. That's a very good point though. So I wouldn't, and here's the other thing too, this year, unlike any other, like don't cash out, man. Don't assume you won and don't assume that you can't make the playoffs or you can't win because they, you know, the two, three, four guys ahead of you in this right ahead of you in the standings could be hurting at some point in the season and you make up a lot of games and you're right back in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point. It is going to be, uh, crap show you really hope that the teams that have already missed like aren't going to miss more like that would just be a real kick in the ass if you find your friend because like memphis played like memphis finally played a game uh this weekend and um, so did you watch that game and, and if you didn't that's okay i, I just did not but they won i mean they looked good but the and they played good they played 10 guys all like 20 minutes so I was wondering if you heard if that was like a plan going into it or if that was just the happenstance of the game. I wonder because it was they did kind of whoop up on um, the Spurs here. So they might have gotten their their bench a little bit more time. But you do have to wonder if like maybe that's like a, hey, slow roll everybody back from COVID. Right. And that's it. And we don't know what players had it and what players were just, you know, quarantining because of contact tracing and whatever. But I, I thought maybe this was an on-purpose thing. Like, we're going to play everyone 20, 20 to 28 minutes, and we're going to try to basically keep everybody healthy and not overtax somebody after missing what? They missed six straight games, I think. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. Right? It could have so, been that. Like, I think that's a kind of a toss-up, right? 
Right. And they play again on Monday night and they actually play four games this week and they have one of the better schedules because they play on Tuesday and Thursday, which are two of the three light scheduled days in week seven. Um, so they're definitely yeah. a team to watch. And, and the, if you check out my article on hashtag basketball.com, you see that I mentioned, you know, I wouldn't be scared to use any of their players this week. Like they're back, they're playing. John Morant's going to be good. Dylan Brooks is going to be good. Brandon Clark's going to be good. Kyle Anderson's going to be good. Like these guys just get stats and they're playing. They actually have a, a pretty, pretty nice schedule for the week too. Absolutely. Week seven is upon us. And unlike last week, at least those low, like Tuesday, Thursday, there's not three damn games. You know, this feels like a little bit more, uh, you're, you're at least going to find a little bit more teams for you to dabble with, with your streaming, uh, a few more players to, to grab on Tuesday and Thursday off the waiver wire. This is an old school week. I, that's what I would call it. This yeah. is a week we used to see every, like every week, every week back, you know, two, three years ago, well, just, are to doing all the shenanigans but even last season they started like because they were trying to reduce traveling back to back last even uh, last season or two seasons ago even um this is kind of the like there was never those big small weeks anymore they started methodically evening out the season right and that's what you're getting here everybody's playing four games except for uh about 10 teams there's only no, there's only eight, eight teams eight teams yeah um and some of those eight teams have really strange schedules. Like Brooklyn plays on Tuesday and then they have a Friday, Saturday back to back, but then they have two nights off and they play on Tuesday. So they are off, play a game, two nights off, play back to back, two nights off, play again, which is just a really strange schedule. Like that should not be a thing, but anyway, yeah. that's that beside, is, beside the point. That's um, a strange one. The Orlando magic plays Chicago Friday and Saturday. So if you would like to, uh, with the injuries there, with a uh, Wendell Carter Jr. out for, I mean, the, at least a, a month, it sounds like. Um, I think the playing anybody off the waiver wire against the Chicago Bulls is a, is a pretty good idea. Uh, but now that they don't have uh, a starting center, uh, which I which I will say, um, looks like Thad Young is underappreciated oh, as always, but it looks like he's going to establish himself as, uh, you know, the, the kind of the big that the, the bulls go to down the stretch. So I, I like Thad Young a lot in a streaming sense, and I might even pick him up in a few uh, standard leagues. Yes. Thad Young uh, in for a good week, I think as well. Um, I love how you just went straight to the bulls. I feel like maybe when always. you look at this advanced schedule grid, the only team you're ever looking at is the bulls. You're just going, oh, man, what are the Bulls doing this week? Oh, all right, let's just go with that. Two Knicks, two Orlando. That's two games against the Knicks, and that's four wins, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they have one of those weird weeks that we've we, – this is the first time we've ever seen those, right, where it's two sets of games against the same team. In the same location. Right, and so that's that's a new one and a strange one. I'm still not sure what to make of those sets, really. Um, yeah, I don't think they, I thought they would be like, oh, okay, well you can definitely like, oh, look at this guy got worked or this guy off the waiver where I had a really good first game. He'll definitely have another good, he'll have a good second game too. And it's, it's not, that logic doesn't seem to like fit always. Right. And so uh, that, I don't know, I don't really know that there's anything to take from those sets in the looks that I've given Adam. I mean, like it, it's normally just like they're two completely different games and both teams try to make some adjustments and change some things up. 
Um, Rudy Gobert did work the, the Mavericks twice in a row, but that was probably not a yeah, huge surprise. What is going on with those Mavericks, Tyler? Um, well, so that they, they were a team that got maybe the worst of this whole COVID situation in the sense that they had five players miss a significant stretch of time in those health and safety protocols, but they didn't get any games canceled. And they were five of their main eight rotation players. So if you have five of your top eight minute getters missing two weeks of action, it's hard to win games. And now uh, the last of which is actually going to come back on Monday's game against the Suns. The problem is their conditioning is not where it needs to be. And they're just not, I mean, like literally two of them look like they were coming like into training camp almost like they were just like played to play like 24 minutes. They didn't really look into the game ready to play. And so the jazz really worked them in that game because the two of their starters were not hundred percent back yet. So it'd be interesting to see with all of these players. And this is one of my you know main talking points in the article is like, how quickly can some of these players get back up to a hundred percent? Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, it's obviously going to vary, uh, but that's going to be, I think the theme of this particular week, especially since, you know, both of those teams are, are, are getting back into full strength, getting back into playing uh, speed. I think even if you step away from the game a little bit, that speed always sneaks up in you. That's what rookies always say is like the speed of the game is absurd. Um, and it is, if you've ever, you know, if you've ever sat fairly close at an NBA game, which I, I you know, treat yourself. Uh, one of these days when you can go to the stadium, treat yourself, uh, go sit, um, you know, in, in, in the bottom section, go to like some uh, crap Charlotte game. I bet you can get into a Charlotte game for like $22, sit, sit on the bench for like $22. <laughs> and um, I don't the, think they sell a seat on the bench. Oh, yeah, no, you can sit on the, you can, I've seen people sitting in the, at the bench, high five of the players, hanging out. Drink, getting some free water. Dude, I need that. I need that water. <laughs> the moment you're like yelling at the towel guy, bring him over the towel. I've seen it's you. This couple stadiums have these weird seats that are literally at the end of the bench, where it's like they've shoved fans in there to get like. And I don't know if they do it like for all games or just primetime games or whatever, where they want to like get an extra few, you know, ten thousand dollars out of the idiots who. Uh, or the corporations that pay for those seats to give it to their employees or whatever. Um, Cause that's the only way I've ever known anyone to sit courtside is because they're, you know, their team sponsors the, an NBA team. Um, but the thing you notice first is that these, uh, these basketball players are enormous human beings. And then the game starts and you're like, Holy shit. This is like, it's hard to keep up. And I'm just sitting here. Because it is so it is so damn fast when you're that close. Oh, for sure. And I mean, those guys are just all—they're all tremendous athletes. And it's just what's always craziest to me about it is like not just the speed, but the the quickness of how the game goes from end to end. You know what I mean? And you're just like, man, like I'm freaking tired just watching this. Yeah, you don't even think about like oh, the fact that like they should be tired. Like that's just something that doesn't cross your mind when you're watching on TV. Right. Until you get there and you're like, man, this guy's ran like up and down the court, like a thousand times tonight. Yeah. He's ran like 22 miles somehow in the, in the course of the game. Jimmy Butler was notorious. Him and it was for running way too, way too much when he was in Chicago. Um, before we get into those waiver wire players that you've designated for week seven, 
we we need to go through a few of these teams, Tyler, and a few of the injuries that have been going on uh, on these teams. And you know, maybe this is kind of part of the waiver wire section as well. Um, that uh, if injuries do um, usually mean more uh, playing time for some other player on the team. And I think like the the latest injury anyway is the Marcus Smart injury. I know I, there's a few, actually there's a few latest injuries, but the Marcus Smart injury seems to me to be at least somewhat uh, significant because I, I see a world where Jeff Teague comes in and takes Marcus Smart's minutes and plays well enough to be rostered in a standard league. Yeah, I thought that when Kemba Walker was out, though, and it didn't super happen. So that'll be interesting to watch. I guess the the problem with the Celtics is this is not a deep team to begin with. No, not at all. And, and, and Kemba is not playing, you know, a full load right now. Right. And Kemba in that game against the Lakers did not look good. And, I mean, he's coming back from a, a long absence, too, so – We'll reserve judgment on that. Yeah, and, he had a, he had good games against Philly and Cleveland. So, but he's still not all the way back, and he's uh, potentially not playing back to back still. Yeah, so there's all that, right? And you know, here's the here's the problem with the Celtics, though. Their guards that could play are Jeff Teague, okay, and Aaron Naismith, who's a no. rookie, played eight minutes, so. No. They really don't have anybody else. So the question is, are they going to start a backcourt of Kemba and Jeff Teague? Which is maybe going to be a bad defensive backcourt. And they're going to play super small with Tatum and Brown. Or do they just like shove Tristan Thompson or Robert Williams or semi Ojale into the starting lineup? But that, I mean, that seems like a bad idea too, because they've, shifting everybody down a bit means you got to play Tristan Thompson or Simi Ojale a lot more minutes in which like you're going to get beaten different ways than you would playing Teague and, and, and Kimba. I guess that's my, my main point is I don't know that you feel good about either one of their two scenarios that they have. So the question is, what do you think they're going to do? Right. That, that just becomes the thing. What are they actually going to do? Um, if, if you're a fantasy manager, right, you're hoping that the minutes go to a Robert Williams or B Jeff Teague, right? Absolutely. Um, will they, that is the good question. I think Tristan Thompson will have something to say about that. And this could be one of those really, I don't want to, I don't know what the word is for it. Annoying, maybe situations where like one game, Tristan Thompson gets 30 minutes and then the next game, Jeff T gets 30 minutes. And then the next game, Robert Williams gets 25 and the other two get 20. And just depending on matchups, like they might go big against some teams, they might go small against others and it might just become a headache. Yep. Hopefully it's not a headache. I would take a chance on, on, on T um, if you need, if you need those guard stats. Uh, but I wouldn't be, I hesitate to uh, just, you know, if he plays a pretty mediocre uh, game or just mediocre minutes, I wouldn't hesitate to, to drop him out and just realize that the Boston Celtics are going to just, the, who knows what they're going to do with that, with that particular um, um, injury and how they're going to manage the uh, rotation at that point. It seems, I mean, here's Bre- one. Brett Stevens knows how to play against magic. Like Brett Stevens is a good coach and a good coach is usually figure out a way to like, 
instead of just shoving somebody in there and moving on with their lives, they figure out a way to like game plan against each team, which means it could fluctuate. Yeah, and that's good. It's good for their their winning, but it's it's maybe a lot of times bad for fantasy, which is fine, right? I mean, like uh, we don't get always get what we want, as they say. That's fair. Uh, another injury, Terry Rogier. Looks like he has sprained his ankle as well. Um, I mean, this one has an obvious Lamelo Ball situation going on here, and I mean, Lamelo Ball's been very good. He's had a good rookie year. Yeah, I mean, Lamelo, which it, it shouldn't like what he's produced shouldn't be that surprising in the sense that we knew he was a good playmaker. He's a really big kid. I mean, like he's probably six foot seven, six foot six at least. Um, the steals are maybe surprising, and he the fact that he shot forty three percent from the field is a little bit surprising to me. I figured it would be worse, and now that he's playing more, it might be worse. But other than that, I mean, I, I'm not super surprised by his stat line, and I think he's probably going to get a few more minutes now, and that could be good for his fantasy value i would caution p- people though in roto leagues like he could shoot 39 percent. absolutely his shooting could be real just taking a steamy dump in the middle of the court but this is a guy speaking of prop betting as we were earlier this is a guy i like to do the points rebounds assists totals um when lamello ball plays and i i don't know if people like hate LaMelo ball because he's a ball brother or whatever, or if he's a rookie or if it's just, they, they don't think he's that good. Um, it seems like that line's always a little bit low. So I, I take the over and his rebounds are very surprising um, for a guard. But then you, like you're saying, he's six, seven. Why shouldn't he be going up and getting uh, rebounds? Right, and we've seen, you know, just in his professional stints, around the world that he's been a good rebounder. And, you know, a lot of it is what we're seeing teams, you know, want to get the guard, the ball faster. And when LaMelo is that big, you know, it's the Luka Doncic thing. It's the Russell Westbrook thing. Like let him get the rebound and push the ball. Yeah. Like that just leads to better transition. That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to keep an eye on my, for some reason, I really like miles bridges. I don't, I don't know why. I no, Miles Bridges when you watch the game looks good. Yes, he looks good at basketball. That's what I mean. But then fantasy stats are like me. Well, you look at that's the problem with me is like I'm like I watch the Charlotte game and I'm like, man, Miles Bridges look good tonight. And then I like look at the stat line and I'm like, well, stats are like percentages are good. He's but like why is he only playing 25 minutes a game? And yeah, why can't he get an assist or get a steal or get a block? Like you know, you know how you watch the game some points. You know how sometimes you watch the game and you're like Man, I haven't seen you know this guy do shit all game. And you go to look at the box score, and he had like nineteen points and ten rebounds. And you're like, when did he get? That's the quietest nineteen points and ten rebounds I've ever seen. But it feels like Miles Bridges is like the opposite. It's like everything he does, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, ooh, Miles Bridges looks good. Oh, that's a good play. All right, then I go look at the score. It's like ten points and five rebounds. You're like what? That I, did I see every point and rebound that he made in the entire game? He was all over out there. I think a lot of that did. That's it too. It's like he's just like a really energetic player, and good defender, right? And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on all points. Yeah. I will mention another name who's been kind of standing out as a fill-in starter for an injured player, and that's Gary Trent Jr. Yes, 
Uh, been shooting the ball really well. Now he hasn't given you a lot of rebounds or assists, and he did have four steals against the Bulls, which I'm not sure that's saying much yeah, yourself. Not but uh, I think this is a guy who could average like 15, 16 points, like three three pointers in a steal a game, while he's filling in for CJ McCollum. And CJ McCollum still playing on. Uh, looks like he's going to be out for still quite a bit. So um, I think that's a good grab, especially if he's on your waiver wire. Uh, David Nwaba, former Bull, uh, injured as well. Um, probably won't be back for another week or two. Uh, but Houston, I really, I really, really enjoyed uh, when Christian Wood was out, and then Boogie came back and got wet with it. Uh, but once again, Boogie is back to being relegated to like 13 minutes a game, which is a little, a little strange to me. Obviously, he's not going to take David Nawaba's minutes, but um, um, I, I would say David Nawaba probably you see a little bit more Daniel House, um, potentially Eric Gordon. But even those guys have been sharing minutes uh, since they've basically gotten completely healthy in Houston. And the the Rockets strangely have a pretty deep team with a lot of good like guard wing types that they can throw out there and they added that they added Jay Sean Tate this year and he's been good and you mentioned that Christian Wood's been good they got Wall they got Oladipo they got Tucker like there's a lot of guys that feel like they all should be getting a little bit more minutes and then they've been kind of a frustrating team and they've been surprisingly good um so far too yeah absolutely um and I just I, I want to see more of DeMarcus Cousins DeMarcus Cousins uh, we're, probably, we're probably not going to, but I want to see it. Well, he played well. The The problem has been in the limited minutes is they get even more limited because he gets in foul trouble. Oh, yeah. He's still got that. And so, you know, but I say that they get eliminated from the playoffs and DeMarcus Cousins gets swapped to a new team. I think you could see Cousins in even in 25 minutes a game become – immediately relevant in standard fantasy leagues yes i mean he's relevant if he's playing like 23 minutes 24 minutes a game. he's completely relevant right but in 14 and this is the problem is when christian wood's been healthy it's been like 15 and yes i don't know that anyone save for maybe nerland's noel can be standardly relevant in 15 minutes if, if boogie tries his damnedest to be relevant like i think he's gotten double digit rebounds in 15 minutes which is pretty Silly, but like it's a crapshoot. So, like, do you really want a crapshoot taking up a bench spot on your team? Maybe if it's boogie, depending on the size of your league. Yeah. Jonas Valachun is still out. Jaron Jackson's still out in Memphis. We talked a little bit about them. We don't know about the minutes there, but I feel like if anybody's like given up on Brandon Clark, uh, you should not. Why would anyone give up on Brandon Clark? I don't know. I just I've, I've gotten some anti-Brandon Clark vibes lately from some of the leagues I've been in. Well, so here's the other thing about them. I think a lot of people cut their players, like we mentioned they should, because they were off for two weeks. And so anyone from Memphis might be on your waiver wire, save for John Morant, because they just weren't playing. And so that's always the thing to do when you hear a team is coming back is look go to your waiver wire that second and look and see who got dropped because i mean so kyle anderson's down to 53 percent brandon clark 78 percent in yahoo leagues dylan brooks dropped all the way to 37 percent and then basically there's no one left on their roster above 10 percent owned fantasy 
feels so, low. So that's what I mean. And they all, they all seem a little bit low. And yeah. I think a lot of it is, you know, they were off for whatever, two weeks, a week and a half, however, whatever the days huh. worked out to be. And people were like, man, I'm not waiting on these guys. And they shouldn't have. No, we gave that, we gave that same advice. Do not be waiting on these guys that are, you know, if Brandon Clark, I wouldn't wait on him. He's not that good, but rest of the season, especially if he's going to be playing like starters minutes, I do like Brandon Clark. Um, but if you, if it's the difference between losing two weeks uh, or having Brandon Clark the rest of the season, I think you've got to, you got to win those two weeks. Here's a question for you. Okay. Is Jaron Jackson going to play this season? Hmm. Good question. My instinct says no, actually, but I would say I bet you he gets a month in at the very least. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back in a week or two. The problem with it is, and again, we've seen this, we mentioned this, I think a couple times already, like there's not even been like an update. It's just like Jaron Jackson Jr. is out every game, but like, There's no talk of when he's going to be back. Is he uh, is doing he contact do- drills? Like, what's going right. on? And and so that's been weird. And they've done kind of the same thing with Justice Winslow. Now, Winslow's probably, you know, not the same kind of fantasy asset. But the Grizzlies have been strange with their injuries. And, well, like, for example, even if you look at, like, say, basketball reference, with like when the player's injured, they provide a little update. Literally for Jaron Jackson Jr., it says, out knee. Jackson Jr. has yet to appear in a game for the Grizzlies this season, and his return is unknown. Updated January 11th, 2021. Mm. So literally they have not even updated it in 20 days, and 20 days ago they said, we don't know anything. Out knee. (laughs) So that's the worrying part for me is like, it's not, oh, he's doing five on zero. He's doing some contact. He's doing this. So uh, if you have Jaron Jackson Jr. and your IR gets cluttered, I might cut him. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think in the next few weeks, like we said, if you're going to lose a week and you want to keep – I'm not keeping Jaron Jackson to lose a week. Maybe try to trade him first. Don't just drop him. But – like at this point, if you're losing weeks, we don't got a lot of weeks left. We might right. say it's week seven, but it's it's February, guys. Right, and I mean there are you know counting week seven, there are five weeks left in this first half. There's eleven weeks in this first Oof. half of the season. So we are <laughs> we're getting down to it already, even though it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, we we certainly are. I got a few more uh, teams that I want to talk about that are a uh, little plagued with injury. And I want to get your, I want to get your take on some of these players that have been kind of stepping up that have caught my eye, but I want to see if they caught your eye. Uh, Minnesota, Jared Vanderbilt kind of got some steel blocks going on. Uh, he's got a nice little steel block streak. Is this, you know, in, in, in starters minutes, Looks like he could put up some pretty decent numbers. Not sure when he's going to get starters minutes, though, because he's still – hes not, I mean, he's not even playing 30 minutes a game, and he has all the opportunity to play 30 minutes a game right now. Yeah, so th- this is – I'm worried about him when 
these guys get healthy, right? Because, like, what was he playing at the beginning of the season? Like, 15 minutes a game? And so, it's weird because if any team needs defense, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Yes. So, why does he not get more minutes? That's not a question I can answer, but... They're not a fan of not a fan of defense. But I would be streaming him, like, sure. I mean, he's like you mentioned, he's been getting steals, been getting blocks. If you are, you know, those categories are close or you're in a rotor league and you're a little bit behind in steals and blocks, like Vanderbilt's a great pickup. The problem is when Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns and Jared Culver and those guys get back, he's probably barely in the rotation, like one of the last couple spots. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much worthless in a standard league once everybody's healthy on that team. Uh, looks like Steven Adams is going to be out as well for uh, maybe a little bit of time. We, we don't know how serious this uh, this is. At least I don't see how serious uh, the Steven Adams injury is. Uh, I guess Jackson Hayes is like the number one candidate to come in with some minutes. What do you think about him? Jackson Hayes has looked good in, in limited playing time. Um if you look at his per 36 numbers, he averages for his career 15.1 points, 1.7 blocks, and nine rebounds, which all sound very good. Um, not a good free throw shooter. So if he's going to play a lot of minutes um, and you're a person that cares about your free throws, that could be a problem for you. But the, the type of guy that has the potential to be a steal and a block and a half playing 32 minutes a game. Jackson Hayes, very similar players, or Jared Vanderbilt next two weeks? Uh, I'm going to go for Hayes just because I think he can A, score a little bit more, and B, rebound a little bit better. So I think they're both going to get you defensive stats. I think Hayes is going to score a little bit and rebound a little bit. If I care about my free throws, though, I might. Not one Jackson. Hayes. I think I lean Vanderbilt in the short term and I lean Hayes in the long term. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's talk about some of these waiver wire players. Is there any, any waiver wire players that stand out to you coming in to week seven? Uh, like we said, we got some, we got some Tuesday, Wednesday back to backs up in here. We got some uh, Friday, Saturday back to backs that we can get into even a, t- a Thursday, Friday back to back with the jazz. Yeah, so the 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 players that I, I'm really liking this week, Joe Ingles. I feel like Joe Ingles is always underrated. Underrated. Is, good threes. I feel like he's going to be good this week. Uh, Dylan Brooks, which is a guy we mentioned, Gary Trent. And Josh Richardson. I feel like Richardson, he finally played 35 minutes on Saturday. Um, he missed a lot of games in the health and safety protocols, nine straight. Um, he's back. He's finally – getting himself back to 100%, and I feel like he could be good and underrated for the rest of the season. We'll say a lot of people, I think, have given up on Richardson. Um, so I think he – I mean, you're saying he's available in you know, over 50% of leagues, right? Yeah, he's available in uh, 54%. All right, there you go. So um, I think a lot of people have given up on him. And a little bit of a slow start. Then you got the COVID. He's sitting out for a bit off the, off the radar. Um, that slow start could turn around. I, I'm kind of with you as like, I, I think you had him pretty high. And I was, I think I was like, he's had some good, like some really good runs 
in his past, he could he could put it all together. But like not being rostered in a standard league, I, I don't think he's going to stay in that place for the rest of the season. Not on that team. And he's just his numbers are not good at this point, but he's missed a lot of open threes. He's guarding the the other team's best ball handler pretty much every night. So there's still an opportunity for him to do things. And yes, it's been a slow start and he's on a different team again and all that. I feel like he's the type of guy that we see just continually get better throughout the season. If he can stay healthy because He's finding his rhythm with the new team. He's getting those opportunities. Luka Doncic, is there anyone in the league maybe that creates more wide-open three-pointers than Luka Doncic? Maybe not. I've heard of this guy. Luka Doncic, I've heard of him. He's pretty good. So, yeah, I think he's just a guy that people are sleeping on. There's actually a couple guys on the waiver wire getting over five assists too, and they are both playing four games this week. Can you name – ooh, this will be a fun game for Michael. Can you name the two – players okay mm-hmm. wait 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 wait. let me look this up quick just to make sure i got it right i okay. think there's two players that two are players. owned in fewer than 50 percent of yahoo leagues averaging over five assists a game can you name them all right let's see uh well okay there's uh, there's not... three but one of there's actually there's actually four, but Markel okay. Fultz is one of them, and he's hurt. So if can he, you name the yeah. three healthy ones? So this feels like a like this feels like a Ricky Rubio esque place, but like I don't even think Ricky Rubio has played enough to be in that kind con- conversation. So uh, over five assists, over five assists is Ricky Rubio one of your guesses? Yes or no? Mm. I'm gonna. I mean, instinct says yes. So I'm actually gonna go with it because I can't think of hardly any anybody else. Derrick Rose, five point seven assists in twenty three minutes, twenty three and a half minutes a game for Mr. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio, you nailed. Really, it. you nailed one. Really, in there are minutes. There are two others. I was thinking Rubio hadn't played enough minutes to get over five, but that's just how damn good he is. Um, and he plays four games this week. So if you need assists, that's someone to pick up. Derek Rose, Derek Rose is not averaging over five assists and is owned in 61% of Yahoo. Yeah, he's still got that clout, Derek Rose. Um, pip, 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 pip. Come on, uh, one of these guys you mentioned last week, still available in Tunnel League. Mentioned last week. Oh, uh, assist streamer, TJ McConnell. Yes, 5.8. 20 okay. minutes a game owned in 17%. If you get this last one, I I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be super, super impressed. Well, I'm, I'm going to stick with Detroit. Uh, DeLon Wright. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I can look it up, but it, no, that's not the answer. Okay. I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Is it a forward? No, it is a point guard, a okay. backup point guard. DeLon mm. Wright is now owned in 63% of leagues mm. and he's only averaging 4.6 assists a game. Okay. This well, guy plays most, most for close. the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, who is He's owned in 6% of Yahoo leagues. Who was backing up John that whole time? Was it? Uh, who is on the Memphis Grizzlies? He had eight assists on Sunday against the San Antonio Spurs. Who is that? Or Saturday. Oh, uh, Tyus. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. That is it. That is that is the answer to my very interesting. I was like, who the hell? Who the hell is on Memphis? I was like, who is that backup? Who is this man? 
No idea. Shout out to the Grizzlies. Let me go. Let me go click on these Grizzlies. Shout out to the Grizzlies getting a lot of wins. Um, are we ready to say that in real basketball terms, John Morant is better than Zion Williamson? Hmm. I mean, I am. I'm ready to say it, but um, I'd like to. I'd like to see. I mean, it's, it's too early to tell. Is the real is the right answer? Fair, but I think it's trending that way for sure. I mean, the Grizzlies what's... almost made the playoffs last year with not a great roster, and they're doing it again. Yeah, they're on their way. They're they're absolutely on their way, which is very very surprising. Um, I'm actually I would say what's more surprising, right? Because like we had some questions about Zion. I'm surprised that like legitimately like Trey Young is staying in the conversation with Luka Doncic. Like Luka's going to be like maybe one of the best players of all time if he keeps up what he's doing. But like Trey ain't like he's not like Kwame Browning the situation. He's not Darko Milicic-ing this situation. Trey Young's pretty damn good. Yeah, the problem with Trey Young in real basketball is he can't play any defense well yeah um, and, and so none at all <laughs> right and, and i i think this is fact you you could look this up i was pretty sure he rated as by 538's advanced as 538's uh defensive raptor he rated as the worst player that qualified last year Ooh, that's not good um and it was either that or it's espn's real plus minus one of the two he rated as the absolute worst defender in the league hmm seems bad um, and yeah, so he's an offensive, you know, domino, like he's amazing, but can you win if you don't play any defense? That's a question. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Right? Don't know. And this is the thing I'll say about Luca. Like everyone always wants to tell me Luca can't play any defense. Um, watch a Mavericks game. Cause this year it's been significantly improved and like they, if you have a good forward, Luca gets switched on to him a handful of possessions every game, and he holds his own. This is the same. This is the same trash when when they talk about Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, um, carry those teams offensively, and then they go, "Well, their their defense sucks." It's like, well, do you do you watch the games? Because like their defense isn't like Draymond Green, Marcus Smart level, which no one's really is. But they're not – they're holding their own. They're not, you know – even like Zach Levine is slightly improved. I'll give him a little bit of credit, but he's still terrible. They're much better than a Zach Levine, and they're certainly better than Trey Young. Right. And the Hawks are winning. They're in first in their division. I mean, they're, they're, they're over 500. Like, it, it's worked so far this year, and it'll be – it's interesting for me to just see can they win with him. And that was, that's been the question, I think, ever since he had his kind of breakout as a rookie was like – can you win with a point guard that can't defend? Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to say the answer is probably no. Right. And it's one thing to make the playoffs. It's another thing to be a serious title contender. And then that's the next step, right? If the Hawks make the playoffs for a year or two, it, it becomes, okay, well, you can make the playoffs with this person. Can you yeah. – actually contend for a title and well potentially if you're loading up your backcourt with like clint capella and a bunch of other rim defenders maybe it's not as big of a deal which maybe is what they're trying to do there 
Yeah, and I think that's the underrated and maybe most difficult part of being a general manager, right? Is building a team. And a lot of people have been slandering the Mavericks for making that trade to get rid of Seth Curry because they don't like the way the team has looked so far and they haven't really been healthy yet. And I'm not really ready to make any judgments at all, but how important is any one component to your team and what does the mix look like if you swap a really good three-point shooter for a better defender, but not as good of a three-point shooter? Like it, it's difficult and it's, it's a three-dimensional game that you can't test out until you've already got it. Right. So um, if you ever want to be a GM, like good luck. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll, I'll take that challenge. I'll take that paycheck too. Uh, going into week eight, Tyler. Um, I don't know. We've, we've talked about this before. I don't know if you can look ahead to week eight. We usually do, uh, but I think just winning the league, you know, winning your week in your league is, is the number one important thing to do. And with COVID, we you just don't know if you can look ahead to week eight until, you know, Saturday or Sunday, which is why you've been writing two articles on hashtag basketball.com where you can find this article and your midweek article. We got the Hornets with a Sunday, Monday back-to-back and the Wizards and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, say, Monday, not that busy of a uh, of a uh, of a day next week. I'll say this: one or next week is one of those ones where there's only one day with double digit games, mm. so the the schedule gets spread. And also, uh, fourteen teams it looks like, uh, no, thirteen teams play three games. So, and the other seventeen play four games. So it's a little bit more spread out of a schedule. It's a little bit more spaced out of a schedule. It's also the type of schedule where you can get a, a, a bit more of a game's plate advantage. Yeah. And but, maybe, maybe if everybody stays healthy this week, you can have a regular ass week and you can look ahead to week eight. Right. Um, the COVID cases were down last week in the NBA, which was great to hear. Um, I I don't know. I, I'm not going to make mention any pickups or anything for week eight because I, like I don't think it helps anyone because that person could be out or that team could be down a game or two because of another team having being forced to postpone. So I don't know that it helps anybody at this moment. That's super fair. Uh, I think that's it for week seven preview. Oh, Tyler. No, I got to ask my question. Go I think I ask this every week. Is there a game, a situation no. on anything you're looking forward to in the week ahead? Mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to the bulls, not playing Damian Lillard. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Though, I mean, if you get mugged by two players and they call a jump ball, like it's kind of on. It's kind of on. what are you gonna do? You can't you can't give Dame the ball twice in a row. Um, but if if you're gonna get mugged and give the ball up for some reason because it's a jump ball when you get tackled by two dudes, Dame's gonna make that shot. Portland Milwaukee on Monday. That that ought to be a fun game. I love Dame, man. He's on a lot of my teams. I'm I'm not even mad about it. Dame's Dame. Oh, oh, well, you know, you know, I've been tuning the horn and he's finally getting the respect. I've been tuning the horn that Damian Lillard underrated in fantasy and real life for, I don't know, how many years has that been now? It's Too been a, long. It's been a couple. <laughs> it's been a couple. Um, I'm very interested in checking out a Spurs game this week because I'm very interested in seeing uh, what a healthy, healthier Spurs team look like. I know Derek White is allegedly back. So I'm, I'm interested to see if I can make a snag of Derek white in some of my leagues or if it's worth a snag him up. Um, I'll mention a couple games. I'm excited about Clippers nets on Tuesday. Ooh. 
Um, hopefully, James Harden back. That that seems like a, a marquee show down there. Um, is Jokic almost much watch much must watch right now? Yeah, that 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 whole team is is fun. They're a fun team. They're a fun team to watch. Denver, I'm in. Yeah. They're playing. I'm in. Um, they played Detroit on Monday though. I might be out on that one. Yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> um, but but normally must watch. Uh, and then Detroit goes to Utah. They play the Denver Utah back to back on Monday Tuesday. Uh, R.I.P. Pistons on that. Um, other games I'm excited to see. Uh, the Mavericks are finally getting healthy. So Monday and they play the Suns, and Thursday they play the Warriors. I'm excited to see both of those games. Uh, there's also Denver L.A. on Thursday. The two TNT games are Golden State Dallas Denver L.A., um, which just seems like a fun TNT Thursday night. And I will mention one final game. Let's see. What's something next weekend that I'm excited about? Uh, there's a lot of games on Saturday. Uh, that, that seems exciting. Your Bulls and Magic play. The Nets and Sixers. That seems like a fun game. Um, and then you got... Phoenix Boston might get a little chippy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I don't know. I'm actually interested to see the Celtics this week, especially early this week. Like what? Like we mentioned, what are they going to do? Are they good? Are they a good team? Especially if Smart's out for a couple weeks, mm. can they win? Can they win any games? They have. I think, two... I think they can win. I think they can win at least a game this week. They have two really good players and a third that is not at a hundred percent. Fair to say, and the rest yeah. of the team is not great. But uh, Tatum and and Jalen Brown have been playing out of their minds. So I, I almost think that those two guys alone, if they if they can like will their way to win with those two guys and at that age, being that young, um, I mean that bodes well for the Celtics in the long term. Yes, and the Celtics have a lot of pieces that they can make something happen with. I think you know what I mean. Like they just they're always they always seem to find a way to to get better when they want to compete for a championship good coaching guys it's all good coaching um that's it for week seven tyler where can people find you on twitter uh you can find me on twitter at Tyler P. watts and you can find me at watch the boxes if you like the show please rate review us on whatever you're listening to this to on or you can go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes sign up for that patreon shout out to all our patrons out there twitch.tv slash watching the boxes if we ever figure out what to do there we might do something there so just go ahead and subscribe uh, follow and you'll get an alert when we when we actually decide to do some um, different content, some uh, some Twitch content, live streaming content. Uh, we might even watch a game together at some time, at some point this year, Tyler. Oh, I look forward to it. I think it'd be fun. Uh, Thrive Fantasy. Use that promo code WTV. Go to watch. Uh, go to hashtag basketball.com. Get this article every week that Tyler writes. Week seven. Here we are. Um, I gotta go shovel about a foot and a half of snow. Out of the street, off of my car, and that's what I'm, and that's what I'm going to be doing the rest of the weekend. Good luck to you, sir. Can't wait. Hopefully, it's not snowing wherever you are, but if it is, uh, Godspeed. See y'all very soon.